0: So anyway, I want to welcome today, we're continuing our new se- series on Make Disciples, and today we're going to talk about something really important, the plentiful harvest, and Charles is going to speak to us today. Charles. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> so this is the uh, first time I'm speaking in front of this group, and I've, I've been given uh, pretty much uh, uh, two things to remember, not to go outside these steps, right? And Michael told me I only have 25 minutes, and for an Italian, not going outside the steps in only 25 minutes is probably not going to cut it, but let's see where it goes. So it's great, great to see everybody uh, here, you know, without masks, uh, gathering together. Uh, this is such an important uh, topic here, you know, just discipleship in general. And, you know, I'm going to talk about the plentiful harvest, Right. So, I thought I would start with uh, uh, Matthew 9, uh, 36, and 37. I need my glasses since I'm getting, I'm getting to that age where I, I can't see anything anymore. So, Matthew 9, 36, 37. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in his harvest. So, you know, I was I was reading that, and I read it a couple of times, and I said, you know, this this is a you know a, kind of like a problem statement almost, right? We, we have a great need, and we don't have enough uh, laborers out in the field for the harvest. Uh, and I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking to myself, this is actually an unbelievable opportunity for us, especially us as men in the church. Right. The, the laborers that we need to touch people and connect with people uh, and to bring folks closer to the Lord uh, through relationship with the Lord. This is a great opportunity for all of us. And Jesus laid this out as a command to pray for this uh, because of the need. And, and you know, I, I, I don't have to say it, uh, but I mean, I think everybody's experienced this over the last 15 months. I I think the harvest has become even greater, and the laborers have become even less. Uh, You know, I don't know if anybody heard Glenn speak, uh, Pastor Glenn speak, about three weeks ago, about a uh, world without love, uh, and our ability to actually, you know, uh, move towards individuals uh, to show the love and the compassion for others. I mean, I think Glenn did a, a wonderful job, and and he used the term revival. Right. So in a, in a period where, you know, there's a, there's a lot of chaotic things going on, a lot of very polarizing uh, topics, whether it's around, uh, you know, uh, the impact of COVID, uh, the racial tension, you know, stuff that's going on across uh, across our politics here and abroad. I mean, this is this is a time where we have to dive even deeper into discipleship. Because I do think there's a lot of folks out there who are really struggling and really need men like that are sitting in this room today uh, to reach out, you know, and and put their hand on them and to actually speak into their lives. You know, I know even in my own uh, life, I I felt pretty grounded in my faith. Uh, And about 15 months ago, over the course of this last 15 months, I was trying to think of how do I visualize kind of where where I am in my faith faith today. So I, I was thinking if I was... grounded in my faith today you know this was 15 months ago I feel like I've kind of drifted a little bit and I think a lot of that is because you know we haven't had this interaction with each other right we we had a men's event you know back in April and it was amazing you know 350 plus people showed up I mean I think there's just a thirst out there for for uh, wanting to connect wanting to be a a part of a community of of christian believers uh and, and that's what that's what this talk's all about is is how do we how do we in community continue to connect beyond this room into the lives of other folks uh you know either in our community or even outside of our community you know i know i don't know the story of everybody in this room but i know uh we used to have a table five over here that every time we came here in Band of Brothers, we'd have to get additional chairs from the side. Uh, and I look at table five and, and you know, to me, you know, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna leave this room with a commitment to get table five reassembled, right? With a, with a, a, a bunch of uh, men that, that really spoke into my life. Uh, you know, I know for me, me getting to this seat in table five uh, a year plus ago, was because of a gentleman who spoke into my life, David Ross. Uh, you know, I was in a position where I was just, you know, working nonstop. Uh, you know, I was flying all over, to, all over to North America with uh, my business, uh, spending a lot less time with my family. And I remember Dave coming to me and saying, hey, I think you need to get yourself into a uh, Christian-based program. So he invited me to, uh, at that point, it was wild at heart and then evolved into the, the overall Timothy Project. And it was, it was an unbelievable you know, program that, that I was able to you know, latch on to, you know, develop relationships with a community of men who constantly spoke into my life. And I'll tell you, in, a, in about a two-year period, my stress level went from here down to here. Because what they told me was, you know, all those things you're worrying about, all those things that you're concerned about, you know, give that up to God. You know, you know I wasn't able to sleep at night. Uh, I wasn't able to, you know, spend the, the quality time I wanted with my family. Uh, but it was that group of men that really spent time with me and really helped disciple to me so that I can grow deeper in my faith so that I knew I didn't have to worry about a lot of these things. You know, God had his plan for me, had his plan for my life. And that's what we need and and we need more men like dave Rosses of the world all the men in this room to really you know spend some time uh you know uh looking at you know the people that you know the people that may be struggling the people that we could bring you know to christ because it's not through us right it's it's obviously you know through the holy spirit and and that holy spirit guides us in helping others you know really uh start their relationship with christ so Uh, I wanted to just uh, talk about uh, what I consider to be kind of the first step, right? Uh, I struggle with this myself, which is discipling to others. You know, I'm not the type of person that gets in my car, joins a group and goes walk around, you know, Camden or Gloucester City and go door to door knocking and evangelizing. It's just not, you know, in my DNA to have that type of ability to get out there and disciple. Uh, but, you know, to me, uh, I think a large part of that is fear. You know, it's fear of kind of taking that first step. It's, it's getting into that dialogue with individuals i've lived in Meffer lakes now for seven plus years and i haven't invited one of my neighbors to church i haven't engaged with any of my my closest uh uh friends in that area about you know having a discussion with them about christ i think it's just that fear of of starting the conversation and worrying about kind of where it's going to go or or am i am i deep enough in my theology to you know be able to articulate scripture to them you know so there's a fear that that at least from my perspective kind of runs through me that you know sometimes prevents me from having those discussions now i've i've taken different opportunities to put myself in front of other individuals like going on mission trips you know uh my wife and i are part of two mini churches uh we lead one we participate in the other uh, we get involved in church events. And so, you know, I don't have any problems, you know, having, you know, discussions and sharing my testimony when I'm in those events or, or in that comfort zone. But if you push me out of my comfort zone, and I'll give you an example of that is, you know, the two people that are closest to me are my brothers, my two brothers. I have two older brothers. You know, to this day, I have not sat down with them and talked about my testimony, talked about my faith journey, talked about you know, where they sit today in their relationship with God. And, and that's where I'm trying to push myself to, to, to do more, uh, to share my testimony, to get in front of folks. But I think it's fear, for me at least, that really prevents me from going beyond my comfort zone. So I'm, I'm trying to commit to myself especially in in 2021 and 2022 to kind of step out of that that comfort zone get a little uncomfortable because i think a lot of great things happen when you become uncomfortable right uh, you're able to to uh uh get in front of new experiences uh you're getting get in front of uh new discussions with folks that can take take you and them to different places uh you know in their faith journey and I just think it's time for me to commit to, to moving past my, my comfort zone, getting out of my, my uh, comfort zone. You know, it's interesting. Uh, a quick story. Uh, years ago, probably about seven years ago, uh, I have a, a younger son. I have two sons. I have an older son, Nicholas, who's 23, and a younger son who's 21. My oldest son is special needs and just a beautiful boy, experiences life. He has, he has no fear at all, right? He just attacks whatever he goes after, right? Uh, my youngest son is, is very rooted in his faith. He actually grew up in the church here, uh, had unbelievable youth leaders. I mean, just really fed into, into his, uh, his faith journey. Well, it's interesting. I was in my house one day, and we have a house where the back kitchen butts up against our deck that goes out to the back. And we have these windows that kind of uh, uh, open up outward. And so I was just in the kitchen cleaning up, and I overheard, and I wasn't eavesdro- eavesdropping, but I overheard him and a group of his friends, and they were about 14 at this time, uh, talking to one of their friends, which I knew was, was an atheist because we know the mom and dad, and I know they're just staunch atheists, right? And this, this is a group of 14-year-olds now, and this is you know, getting, getting out of your, your comfort zone, right? I start to hear his friends start having discussions with with their friend about, you know, why does he not believe in Jesus Christ? Not really like hitting him over the head with the Bible and saying, no, you need to have Christ in your life. So and so. They're just asking questions about, you know, being inquisitive. Like, what? Why? Why do you dismiss Jesus Christ? The the story of Jesus Christ. The the uh, the story of the Bible, and so on. And it was just interesting. I'm sitting here saying, you know, I'm 45 years old. I can't get out of my comfort zone to have these discussions. And here's a group of 14-year-olds having this discussion with one of their friends that they had a concern with. I mean, they want to see their friend in heaven, right? They want their friend to have the same relationship they have with Jesus Christ. And I'm sitting there saying, if that's not a lesson, you know, nothing is, because I'm listening to this story unfold, and I could just hear the softening of, of their friend's heart, you know, talking back. So, well, tell me, tell me about Jesus Christ. You know, it's just, just wonderful to see see those types of things in action. I, was, uh, I think probably a lot of folks here probably know Peter Hackett. Uh, so Peter Hackett and Beth Hackett were in town from Colorado a few weeks back and they were spending some time with us. And Peter was telling a story that, you know, he was in Colorado, he was in downtown Denver. You know, he's driving his car. There's a gentleman on the side of the road, just, you know, homeless, you know. Uh, so Peter says, you know, something just came over him. He just stopped his car, got out of his car, started having a discussion uh, with this gentleman, found out that he was trying to get to California, had no money, you know, was, was really disheveled, really needed food, needed, needed some, some care. And Peter was telling me a story that he literally invited the gentleman to his car, gave him a Bible that he had in the back seat. Took him to his house, you know. Got him fed, got him showered up, and him and Beth bought them a plane ticket to, to bought the gentleman a plane ticket to California, where he needed to go. I mean, it's acts like that that I see uh, where people just kind of just react, right? They're they're not only helping someone, but they're also talking about Christ, right? Peter spent some time with the gentleman talking about, you know, where is he in his his faith journey? Uh, I just love to see. <clears throat> those types of examples because it really energizes me right and and hopefully at some point you know i'll walk past my fear take that first step and and move into a place where you know i can continue to to hopefully impact uh, uh other individuals in their faith journey so i put two verses out there uh that i tend to lean on uh when i'm really you know feeling like you know, I want to move from my comfort zone to my uh, a little bit of being uncomfortable. One is uh, two Timothy uh, two one and two. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Jesus Christ, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others. You know, when I read that, I was thinking about FAC. Uh, when I reread it, I was thinking about legacy that marty has left right and will be transitioning out of the amount of folks that have probably come through fac's doors right have to be in the thousands upon thousands that you know uh, were impacted you know not by marty but through the church through christ Uh, and i'm thinking about that legacy and the it's not the thousands that came in I could just imagine in my head. I could visualize the thousands upon thousands of people that they touched. Whether it was folks that went into ministry, uh, individuals like myself who can go and, and, and disciple to others. I mean, I'm just amazed. To me, you know, discipleship and you know, talking about us being the laborers here is really what our legacy should be about. Right? It's not about how big your house is, how much money you have in your bank, how much you know, how many cars you drive. I mean, the, the ability for us to impact even one person is a better legacy than all those material things I just mentioned. And then the second one, the second one was, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and, and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, it was interesting when I, when I asked my uh, youngest son, I said, you know, what, what kind of prompted you into having that discussion with, with your friend? He said, I don't know, Dad. The Holy Spirit came on us, and we figured we had to act. And, and he said, I said, well, how did you know what to say? And he said, he said, I don't have to worry about knowing what to say. You know, whatever comes out of my mouth is going to be Christ-centered, and it's really going to be something that is, is really driven by Christ and not me. And, and I was just floored by his, his response. The uh, last point I want to make, if you can go to the next slide, is around patience. <laughs> so I'm like the cartoons to the, the right here, right? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, when I talk to someone and we get into a really deep conversation and we're, we're talking about our faith and we're talking about our testimonies or we're talking to someone who may be a non-believer, right? I want like instant results, right? It's just the way I'm wired. It's just, you know, the, the like, hey God, I really am praying for this and I hope this happens like tomorrow, right? But I do think we got to we got to be careful in this because I do think, you know, we got to be patient with folks because I I know I've come uh, into encounters where, you know, I would love to see a transformation happen overnight. And I know it's not going to. Right. Whether it's family members that that uh, I have, I have some family members on my my wife's side that are going through some trials and tribulations. And I know that transformation is not going to take place overnight. I know it has to be a journey, uh, and sometimes, sometimes it does. Sometimes people have an epiphany. Sometimes a transformation happens immediately. But I think a lot of times, you know, it's more around us being patient, you know, planting the seed, right? It's, it's more important for us to plant the seed and let God work, you know, and, and take that seed and move it forward, right? We're not the ones that are going to, bring, uh, to you know, is gonna be able to bring individuals to Christ. You know, Christ is going to be able to bring individuals to Christ. Uh, we just are there as a conduit to plant a seed you know i have a, a, a story i just wanted to uh, bring up here uh, i guess it was around three years ago my wife and i decided we were going to uh, become alpha leaders so we worked with dave shoemaker and uh, we became alpha leaders and we had a great group of individuals and most of the folks that come to alpha are are either new believers or they're just searching right they're looking for uh maybe some some information around uh you know christianity the bible and so on so we we met up with about 10 individuals at the time uh it was interesting too because our our alpha uh, group eventually became a mini church uh post the alpha uh group sessions but one of the individuals in the group uh we were talking one night i don't know we just of pulled ourselves aside for maybe five minutes and we had a a very simple discussion he said hey charles he said uh you know how how did you how did you move forward in your faith journey and i i I told him the story of of david ross and david inviting me to to uh the Timothy project and joining him in that and i didn't think anything of it i said you know and i told him i said that really helped me help me meet a group of individuals who've been feeding into my life for the last three plus years Uh, And we just spent maybe five minutes talking about that. Well, fast forward about 14, 15 months from that point, I'm walking through the halls of the new sanctuary, and he comes up to me. He says, he puts his arm around me. He says, Charles, I just want to thank you. And I'm like, Thank me? Thank me for what? I haven't seen you in in almost a year at this point, right? He says, Remember that discussion we had? I said, during Alpha. I said, Are you talking about when we kind of broke away for a couple minutes? He said, Yeah. He goes, He goes, well. I signed up for the Timothy project. I've been in the Timothy project for like eight months and I had no clue that he had joined the Timothy project at the time because we had kind of uh, fell apart from each other. Uh, we kind of went different ways. And, and I'm sitting there saying, you know, all we did was have a, a two, to, two to five minute discussion about it, but planting the seed. And what I've come to realize is I don't need to worry about what happens after that, right? That's in God's hands. That's not in my hands right? And, and the, the thing that I want to just say to everybody is there's a good chance a lot of times we're not going to see the fruits of the harvest, and that's okay, right? We're there just to, to spread the word, to, to, to connect with individuals, to share our testimonies, and let God move within the individuals after that. I mean, I really, I really think that you know, it's great when you do see the fruit happen, but, you know, I think it's, you know, important to understand that you have to be patient, but also you, you shouldn't expect to see the fruit. Let that happen on its own. So there's a couple of, couple of scripture verses here that I put uh, as it comes, uh, that I wanted to just kind of uh, lay out there for everyone, which is Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, and then also put in Romans twelve twelve, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and I just wanted to uh, to close uh, by saying we've been we've been given a, a great opportunity. I mean, Jesus commands us to move forward in in discipleship. Uh, you know, again, you know, based on where we are today the harvest is, is great. I mean, it really is. And, and unfortunately, laborers are few. But I don't see that as a problem. I see that as a great opportunity for all of us. I mean, I see that as our ability to make an impact on individuals. So what I put up there in, in questions before I, I close in prayer is uh, two questions for us to contemplate. One is, what prevents us or prevents you from engaging with others to reap the harvest. You know, uh, one of the things uh, we do at, at my work, which is kind of interesting, uh, is when we're together, I, I'm a consultant, so I, I, I fly around a lot. So a lot of times I don't get a chance to uh, meet up with a lot of our consultants unless we're going to uh, visit a client. So I remember being at uh, a dinner with a, a bunch of my consultants and we're sitting around the table at dinner and one of the ladies says, hey, I have a great idea. And, and we, we don't have any problems uh, articulating our faith and our testimonies at work. Uh, we just have a very, very open culture and, and no one really shies away from it. And she said, let's go around the table. And I'd like for everybody to talk about who had the biggest influence on your faith journey. And it was so cool. I was like going around. I obviously told the Dave Ross story, but to hear everybody else's story, you know, maybe that's something we can do, you know, during our table breakouts, like who influenced us and how do we replicate that, right? Because that's what we need. We need this to kind of be the the rock in the pond that keeps trickling further and further out and impacts more and more individuals. So that's the first thing is what, what prevents us from engaging with others to reap the harvest. And what are some ways that, that you've been engaged with others where you have seen the fruit? You have seen, you have seen it work in individuals and, and impact individuals and move individuals. Because, you know, we have a great, great opportunity with Seth transitioning in as our, our senior pastor right now to really kind of blow the doors off this church, right? Bring in more and more individuals, you know, not for the benefit of the, the physical church, but for the benefit of the people, so that they have a place that they can connect with God, build a relationship, and we could help in that story with them. You know, I know all the men in this, in this room here, just the fact that you're here today, uh, I know you guys have an unbelievable faith, and, and I know you guys could have an unbelievable impact on, on folks that you, you uh, encounter in your lives. So with that, I just want to close in prayer, uh, and then uh, we can break out and talk a little bit about uh, this on our table uh, uh, breakouts. So, Lord, uh, I ask that you uh, make us fearless in this opportunity to disciple to others. Lord, I know it's not always easy to take that first step or to be patient, uh, to see the fruit. But, Lord, I I just ask that you move in in the great men in this room, Use us uh, through the Holy Spirit to have a great impact on your harvest, Lord. Lord, we love you. Uh, We raise everything up in your beautiful son's name. Amen. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. Good job. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity.